Yes, sir. Here we go. The week is here. Oklahoma, Texas. Let's go down to the Cotton Bowl and see if the Sooners can avenge last year's loss to the Longhorns. Uh, pretty solid performance against Iowa State. The defense, uh, a couple uh, bad plays by some safeties, gave up a couple plays in the running game. Gave Iowa State 20 points in this game, but they locked it down after that and played really solid defense. Dylan Gabriel was unbelievable. The Sooner offense was clicking. Oklahoma wins 52-20 over Iowa State Saturday night. And again, after Iowa State had some early success. Again, you can't have those plays in the Cotton Bowl this weekend, but the Sooners did clean it up. They go down to the Red River rivalry 5-0. and Texas is 5-0. and Texas 3 in the country. The Sooners 12 in the country. Parker Thune, it doesn't get any better than that. Right? No, Steely doesn't. First team or first time, I should say, that both of these teams are going to be undefeated heading into the Red River shootout. I go back and forth between calling it the shootout, the rivalry, the showdown. Anytime I speak, it could be one of three different things. Same here. But Same here. First time that both of these teams are going to be undefeated coming into this matchup since 2011. Obviously, that was the year that Oklahoma won and won handily behind Landry Jones in that memorable 95-yard touchdown run from Damian Williams. So, good precedent in that regard. But uh, how how odd is it, Steely, and – how much does it speak to how rough 2022 was for Oklahoma when you have unbeaten OU and unbeaten Texas? One is ranked number three in the nation. One is ranked number 12. Most years in the past, it would be OU oh, at number yeah. three and yeah. Texas at number 12. Absolutely. It'd be like a uh, top five, top seven matchup uh, in most, most normal years. But there's still some people out there saying, yeah, Oklahoma's improved, but how improved are they? We're going to find out this weekend. Texas coming in the favorite in this matchup, and the Longhorns. I know they didn't face Jalen Daniels, but uh, made pretty uh, pretty impressive work of Kansas over the weekend. They pretty much dominated most of that football game, except for a few plays. Jatavion Sanders' injury status is going to be very interesting to see day how that plays to out. Day is what Steve Sarkeesian said today. We we don't day know if it's day. what kind of a, is it a high ankle sprain? Is it a regular ankle sprain? We don't know. But that guy is a weapon, man. He's one of the best. Tight ends in college football, there is no doubt about it. But again, the Sooners, how about what that offense did? Iowa State's defense, and look, as an overall football team, Iowa State is, you know, okay, I guess. But, well, they're not that good. But that defense is always good. And the defense, you can talk about who they played or whatever, but they're always a problem. And the Sooners absolutely trounce them with a great offensive night. The one thing... And, you know, we're going to break down this Iowa State game, but obviously everybody has kind of already mentally turned the page to Texas, and understandably so. Oklahoma looks really good coming into this football game. Texas, by the same token, looks really good coming into this football game. What I want to emphasize up front this week is that you should not put too much stock into an Oklahoma victory, and you should not put too much stock into an Oklahoma loss. Because whatever way this goes on Saturday, I would bet good money that Rematch. these teams are not facing off for the last time in 2023. No, no. And again, um, look, the bottom line is Texas is a year ahead of Oklahoma in establishing their culture with Sark. It's a good football team. We can talk about, you know, when are they going to choke? How are they going to choke? So far, they haven't. And maybe this is the year that Texas really is back. And we'll find out a lot about the Longhorns coming up this weekend. Should be a heck of a football game. Can I say that I love Jaden Gibson, man? Yes, dude, you're welcome. That to say guy that. is unbelievable. Don't we all right now? What a catch again! 
He looks like you talk about a guy that has grown from a kid to a man in the BB culture. Jaden Gibson's one of the prime examples, no doubt about it. You know, uh, we had heard, yeah, maybe a little, a little more serious, maybe a little bit better work ethic, maybe needs to mature a little bit off the field last year. No one, you know, you look at this kid and you think, man, that's that's a potential NFL wide receiver, right? Yeah. He looks like that guy, and he is becoming that guy this year. Not only what he's doing on the field with some incredible catches, and you just look again and you think, man, that's that's a talent right there. But when you hear the kid speak, it's great, too. He's got to be one of you guys' He's, favorite interviews. Gosh, he has grown up so much. He has he matured has. so much on and off the field in this band. Because a year ago at this time, Steely, I was legitimately concerned that he would end up a portal casualty. Yeah, same here. Same because here. Because it, it was just not happening for him at Oklahoma. He could not keep his head on straight. He would get into fights on the practice field. He'd scuffle with opponents on game day. He struggled with drops, and we saw that all the way into this spring. But, man, something something flipped. There was some switch that flipped for Jaden Gibson. And you give Emmett Jones a lot of credit for that, I think, naturally. But you also just have to give a ton of credit to Jaden Gibson for being willing to grow up and – not get down on himself when he didn't see the field a whole lot as a true freshman. And the way that he has responded and the way that he has become invaluable to this Oklahoma receiver core in year two through just five games, man, it's one of the more impressive redemption stories on the team right now. No doubt. No doubt about it. And I love what he said after the Iowa State game. (laughs) This was Jaden Gibson talking about how much this Oklahoma-Texas game means. And the whole team is willing to go out there and die on the field, really. Like, we'll go out there and put it all, put it all out there on the field to get our name back because I don't know about, I don't know about everybody, but I know for a fact, I can't speak for everybody in this specific instance, but I know how I feel. Man, they they tried to take our pride from us last year. They tried to call. They called us out our name. They said that we were sorry. We not owe you this, that, and the third. And I'm not really here for none of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, so as long as we keep going hard the way we are, I feel like we going everything that God has in store for us is gonna come to us, man. Because we got a great team, bro. I feel like we got a great team, a great coaching staff. We got a great leaders on the team. You feel me? So as the season goes on, man, I just can't wait to see what else we got in store. There you go. Well, uh, and again, great catch by him. Saturday night in traffic. He's made a bunch of those this year, and he looks spectacular. Here is a little more Texas talk from Jaden Gibson. I mean, we don't really talk about it because we, we know what we're going to do, man. Everybody knows what time it is. Everybody in our locker room knows what time it is. I know what time it is. I've been trying to keep next week out of my mind for the last two weeks. Just focus on where your feet are. Be in the present, you know what I'm saying? So last year – it hurt real bad, and everyone remembers it, that we going. We need to have a great week of practice, um, a dedicated week of practice. We need to um, make sure that we execute on the highest levels and go out there. We got to play a good opponent. We got a good opponent next week. You feel me? A worthy opponent for sure. So they're a good team and a good coach, and I just feel like we're going to get it done. We got to go out there and get it done. There you go. Jaden Gibson, you can hear some Brent-isms in there, right? Every yeah, now you and definitely then. can. You can, you which is great, can. which is great because, Love like it. I said, a lot of times every every college football coach talks about culture, right? Sometimes it rings true, okay, yeah, whatever. But that's an example of it right there. Very, very impressive, and uh, this dude is playing some outstanding football for Oklahoma. So uh, the last I saw was Texas was five over the Sooners. Man, everybody in the uh, Ref Royal Rumble likes the Sooners in the upset. 
<laughs> I mean, I think it's a clean sweep so far. Uh, I just, I'm wondering who's going to be the first to depart from the canonical path here of going with Oklahoma lock and upset. I'm pretty sure everybody has so far. Here we go now. But, I'm looking on ESPN. They've got it up to six. Texas is a six point favorite. Okay. So, well, uh, and I think all things considered, that's a fair line. My one concern for Oklahoma heading into this game is that. The Longhorns have one thing that Oklahoma does not right now, and that is an elite running game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Sooners' running game right now, ugh, ugh. they're going to have to they're going to have to get it done with flanker screens and throwing it to the backs and stuff like that. I now, have. occasionally, maybe they'll break one off here or there, but you know, Texas have they missed B. John Robinson? Yes, he's one of the best backs we've seen in college football in a while. But you know what? The drop out, the drop off hasn't been totally extreme. No, Jonathan Brooks rushed yeah. for over two hundred yards. He's been against really Kansas. good, man. With Oklahoma's backfield, I have major concerns, pun fully intended, because they're I, they're a throwing football team. They they are a throwing football team trying to get yards after catch too. That's you know that's maybe what their running game is at this point. Yeah, and we're seeing more of Dylan Gabriel as a runner, yeah, which is encouraging. Yeah. How and about he, him trucking that guy? That was nice. He was on one Saturday night. He, he had great. He had a competitive fire that I don't know if we've seen from him because he was talking a little bit of smack, too, down there on the field. Yeah. He was – he had a little fire under his belly more so than he has in the past. But I, I think what I'm most encouraged about offensively right now for the Sooners, Steely, is that you have – numerous wide receivers on the roster right now that you can trust to make competitive catches. And Dylan Gabriel does trust them to make competitive catches. But how long has it been since you had multiple of those guys on your roster and in your rotation on a regular basis? Obviously, you could trust Marvin Mims to go make those kinds of plays these last few years. You could obviously trust C.D. Lamb back when he was doing his thing in the Crimson and Cream. You're talking about they have but, a plethora. They have a yeah, plethora. They have a legitimate plethora right now. Nick Anderson and Jaden Gibson are obviously at the top of the list in that regard, but Jalil Farouk can make stuff happen. Andrell Anthony has had some fantastic Been snags tremendous. thus far this year. We even saw Brennan Thompson, all 5'10", 158 pounds of him, go toe-to-toe downfield with two Iowa State defenders for an underthrown ball from Dylan Gabriel and go reeling in, which <laughs> I – I also I, – I don't think Dylan Gabriel will make the mistake of underthrowing Brendan Thompson again. Because you know, I think he was frankly surprised by just how fast Brendan Thompson probably, was running on that play. Probably, and that's the one play I missed. My YouTube TV was spinning at the time, and I'm like, oh, what? No. And I see everybody on Twitter, Brendan Thompson, you know, or whatever, and, like, it was underthrown. I'm like, I could – and then you had to go back, and I had to reload it and get it live, so I missed that, but – uh, that's exactly how most people described it, that it was a nice uh, nice job by Brennan Thompson coming and back. And they and wasted no time getting him involved because he'd just gotten cleared mm-hmm. from his ankle injury last week. And so generally this coaching staff has made it a habit of working guys back in gradually. Nope. They brought Brennan Thompson in the game and said, hey, go run straight downfield. <laughs> yeah. And he did that. All right, uh, hour number one, as always, is brought to you by Lasher Home Comfort Systems, family-owned and operated, been in the Oklahoma City metro area now for over 16 years, great reputation. Tim Lasher, great Sooner, great company. Call them up at 405-579-3113 for all your heating and air needs. They'll get it done for you. Home comfort you can trust from Lasher Home Comfort Systems. All right, we're just getting warmed up. It is OU Texas Week, 405 651 
888-344-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We'll hear what Sark had to say about the Sooners coming up next here on The Ref. Yes, sir. Oklahoma, Texas week is here. Yes, yes, yes. Let's go. All right. We got you covered all week right here on the Ref Radio Network. Riverwind Casino. Now nearly 3,000 electronic games. They have the best games, the best bars and dining, world-class hotel, great promotions, and a new promotion underway. Get out and play with the wild card, the ADK Friday Night Frights promotion as we kick off October. Get out, play with your wild card today and tomorrow. Earn five extra entries. Earn one entry for every five points in your wild card, but five entries on Mondays and Tuesdays. Then there'll be fr- then they'll have drawings on Friday night again for this great promotion, the ADK Friday Night Frights promotion. And we have a great show happening at the Showplace Theater on uh, October sixth, coming up on Friday night. That will be Foreigner, their greatest hits tour again at the Showplace Theater. Also October fourteenth, Carly Pierce on October twenty second. The Gin Blossoms will be out on the Coupe Works Beast and Bite stage for a great show. The Gin Blossoms and Tonic, food trucks everywhere, great craft beer from Coupe Works. Should be a great atmosphere outdoors October 22nd. Tickets for those shows are only 10 bucks a piece. Great deal. And then on October 27th, we also have Rodney Carrington at the Showplace Theater. Uh, so another great uh, month of promotions and concerts at Riverwind Casino. Expect anything else? That's why they're simply the best. All right. Steve Sarkeesian hasn't had his presser yet, but he did have this to say at the end of his uh, postgame press conference against Kansas Saturday following the Longhorns' victory. When he was asked about Oklahoma, Sark said this. As far as OU, hey, we, we, hey it's a good football team. Uh, they've uh, off, obviously off to a great start. They're a really good team. Uh, they got quality players. they got good coaches. We know it's going to be a heck of an environment for college football, and it should be, um, should be a, a spotlight uh, on that game and all of college football next Saturday at the Cotton Bowl. So we're looking forward to it. We know uh, it's going to take a, a real week of preparation, you know, mentally, physically, and emotionally uh, to put ourselves in position to perform next Saturday. All right, there you go. That is Steve Sarkeesian. Kind of a, a generic uh, soundbite there about Oklahoma, Texas. But, um, you know, we've, we've always said we're going to find out just how much better this Oklahoma football team is when they get to the Cotton Bowl and play Texas. There is no doubt they're better. I mean, and I know people were freaking out. Look, I was watching it freaking out, too. Like, what happened to the defense? And you had, you know, Key Lawrence had a bad angle on a play. Billy Bowman had a bad angle on a play. They got gassed in the running game a couple times. Iowa State was running uh, some plays they hadn't seen in the run game yet this season. So, again, that part of it didn't look very pretty. But the way they settled down and responded had, uh, I think, most Sooner fans still feeling pretty good about the overall defensive effort because after that, Iowa State did nothing. I think they had 82 yards, right? And that's it. So, what was your take, again, on uh, the early defensive problems and the way the Sooners came back from that? Well, in the moment, it was easy to look at – lapses like those on defense and go well up there we go same old same old that's the Oklahoma we know and love on defense but I also think and I'm sitting there on the sidelines watching this unfold Steely and I'm thinking man why couldn't it just as easily be the case that those couple of busts that turned into big plays were the fluke as opposed to the way that Oklahoma has played defensively through the first four games of the season 
could this be a really good defense that just happened to bust on two separate plays in the same half? Yeah, that's possibility is certainly on the table. So let's see what happens. And then obviously over the last 39 minutes of that football game, the Sooners pitched a shutout on defense. So all in all, I, look, both of those mistakes were pretty inexcusable. Uncharacteristic of Billy Bowman to get lost like that on the one that turned into the 67-yard touchdown from Rocco Beck to Jaden Higgins. Uh, the play that Key Lawrence made, or rather didn't make, on the 51-yard touchdown pass for the Cyclones was just baffling. And I, the way that Peyton Bowen is playing as of late, man, I really do wonder if Key Lawrence starts seeing his snap count diminish at the hands of Peyton And he'd been playing pretty well, right? Key Lawrence had been playing pretty well for the most part. He'd been playing decently. I don't know if I would say he'd been playing pretty well. Well, and the thing is, it it just looked like, I don't know if he thought he could make a break on the ball and he was late or whatever. The angle looked horrible. And then uh, Iowa State's off to the races. But Peyton Bowen, man, that guy has a nose for the football. And Trace Ford, bless his heart, Ugh, that one's got to hurt. Can't, the end zone That's just doesn't hurt. want Trace Ford to be there. Just doesn't want Trace Ford to be there. But, uh, again, all you have to do, your eyes should tell you that this is a much better football team. Yes. You know? That, I yes, mean, without question. You just see it. And, again, you can nitpick. And, look, it's not nitpicking when Dylan Gabriel misses a wide-open receiver. But you know what? For the most part, he has been really, really, really good. And the running game, yeah, that's, you know, they've been so good in pass protection. That's unusual. But the running game has been a mystery. The offensive line, you know, hasn't come together in the run game yet. The backs haven't been able to make enough people miss. A lot of things going on there. But this is a football team right now that's going to throw the ball. They're going to throw the ball short. You've got guys that can make yards after contact. That's going to be kind of part of the running game right now. Right? I think they have to do that. And then defensively, they just have so many more options. And that was that whole thing was a mystery wrapped in an enigma early in that game yesterday. But at least they came back, you know, because previous teams would have done what? They would have cratered after that. Well, and that's exactly – that was another thing that Jaden Gibson said after the game on Saturday. He said, look, last year it felt like we couldn't recover from anything. Yeah. When we got punched in the mouth. This year, we're recovering. And – I, I am very much of the opinion that if this were the old Oklahoma football team that we were watching in 2023, things would have unraveled after that second long touchdown pass from Iowa State. You lose confidence. You start playing, well, for lack of a better or I guess more broadcast appropriate announcement, you start playing on your heels. You start getting tentative in the way that you approach things defensively. And we did not see that from Oklahoma. They cranked it up a notch after that. Yeah, they did. To the point where Iowa State had virtually no success moving the ball at all in the second half of that game. Uh, Peyton Bowen has played all of five collegiate games, Steely, and he has already become the first Sooner to block two punts in the same season since 2004. Kid's amazing. Kid is he's, legitimately amazing. Guess what? And he's he could have and pretty, he could have taken pretty, that ball pretty good. He could have taken that ball off the punter's foot as fast as he got back there. Yeah, pretty impressive. All right. Uh, meanwhile, in Mule Shoeville, <laughs> Mule Shoeville, same thing, same old thing, right? Caleb Williams, they get out to a big lead. Colorado went to the Les Miles School of Clock Management, or they may have had even a better chance to win that game. Now, 
you know, you kind of felt like USC was still going to hold on. But still, um, man, poor. I love that the SC fans How- are finally saying, you know, I guess the OU fans <laughs> tried to tell us this, didn't they? How on earth did Alex Grinch ever convince us? How did he ever convince anyone that he was halfway decent at his I job? I don't know. And that you saw the uh, the defensive back was trying to take up for him, but I saw Barstool USC. Do you know what Barstool is all about? Oh, yeah, yeah. Know, Interaction. Still, yeah, but still, they put, we'd be really good if it weren't for this guy, and there's just a profile picture of Alex Grinch. Sooner fans can feel their pain, but you know what? They embrace USC's pain, and they want more USC pain as much as humanly possible. So... Anyway. Ronnie Crimson on the text line say, "Can I?" Uh, he says, "Can I say that I'm super intrigued with Brennan Thompson? That speed is eye opening. It's Hollywood Brown level, right? Yeah. Well, and look what Hollywood. What made Hollywood Brown special? What makes Hollywood Brown special is not just the speed. No, no, no. He's no. got more to his game than speed. And I, I guess we're yet to see how well rounded Brennan Thompson's game is right now today in 2023. But the speed is undeniable, man." I, you almost can't fault Dylan Gabriel for underthrowing Brennan Thompson with as quickly as he got downfield. Yeah, yeah, and and that's what everybody said I, that they thought he was somewhat surprised because that dude yeah. has got some uh, wheels on him, no doubt. And we we knew about that, but until you see it, man. All right, four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. Was that Christie who said Ohio State fans tried to warn us about Grinch? Yeah, I remember some of that. There was some of that that the Ohio State fans were like, ah, good, you know, good luck. All right, we got a break right here, and uh, appreciate you guys very much. The texts are rolling in. Dallas is going to be fun, no doubt. You guys, I know we're ready to get down there. It should be a heck of a football game. And uh, we will be talking. I think we'll have a couple Texas guests on later in the week. Uh, but this is the week right here, folks. Doesn't get any better. Nobody can convince me there is a bigger rivalry in college football. I don't care who you throw out there. Two blue bloods in the best setting in college football. It's what Oklahoma's all about. That's what Texas is all about this week. The best rivalry in college football. We'll be right back. OU Texas Week coverage here on The Ref brought to you by Boyd Street Ventures under the radar above the crowd. We'll be at the Omni in downtown Dallas also. Coming up this weekend, make sure you drop by. Going to be a great week. Should be a great game. Oklahoma and Texas, 11 a.m. on ABC. All right, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Um any recruiting updates we need to address before we get back to the text line? Anything going on in the world of recruiting? Some visits over the weekend? What's happening? It was a good weekend as far as visits. I'll just say that much. And I think before long you'll start to see some of the yield from this very positive weekend of visits. 2025 or 2024 or both? 25. 25. Kevin Sperry. Um, well, he looks Kevin like he's Sperry's hitting. a pretty good recruiter. Kevin Sperry might be a K-Ref recruiter of the month. And he's also an excellent college football analyst, evidently, because we had him on the pregame show Saturday, and he predicted the final score would be 50-21. to 21. How about he that? He missed it by a single point. Very impressive. You had uh, a bunch of guests. 
A bunch. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Good stuff. Really good stuff. All right. 405-651-3439. Jordan Bricks, Boganowski, Eddie Pierre. I I mentioned it last week, but I think things are winding down for Michael Boganowski. Bricks, I don't know as much. I like... Well, I shouldn't say I don't know as much. I I don't know as much about the definitive timeline for that kid because the kid himself doesn't know what his timeline is. So with Boganowski, uh, I heard a couple things, talked to a couple folks that you know gives me the indication things are going to be wrapping up relatively soon in that recruitment. And I, I still do like where Oklahoma sits. Uh, I think they've got – the leg up on Kansas and Kansas State in the race for the four-star safety out of Junction City, Kansas. Um, I, I, another thing I want to emphasize and that we will continue to talk about is that Emmett Jones is still swinging at one guy in the 2024 cycle, and that's Brian Wesco. Now, take that for what it is worth, and right now all I'm telling you is that Oklahoma is still – conversing with Wesco and his family and working the angles there. So if the kid signs with Clemson in December, I don't want anybody on the text line going, why on earth didn't we're, we're our guys talking up a flip of Brian Wesco. I'm, I'm not willing to say that kid decommits or that he flips just yet. What I am telling you is that Oklahoma's offense through five weeks looks a heck of a lot more impressive mm-hmm. than Clemson's offense. There is, as I mentioned last week on the program, a thought down there in DFW that Wesco isn't as solid with his pledge to Clemson as he once was, somewhat understandably so when you look at their offensive struggles. And Oklahoma never cut contact with the kid even after he committed to Clemson. Emmett Jones has kept the door open from Oklahoma's end. And so we'll see if anything comes of that. It's With Terry Bussey gone to Texas A&M, I don't think – I don't think Oklahoma's going to have a chance to flip that kid. I think his decision is final. And we need Missouri but to start losing games, man. Missouri started is 5-0. With L- starting with LSU this weekend in Columbia. Come on. And Brian Kelly, I despise that man, but I'll be rooting for Brian Kelly this weekend. Wow. And then after that, they go to play Mark Stoops and the Wildcats, and they put it on Florida. Mark Stoops has done such an unbelievable job at Kentucky. That Kentucky's 5-0. and Kentucky's been great, man. So, uh, but man, Missouri—they need to lose to LSU this weekend, then lose in Lexington. Then you got to go to—you've got South Carolina at home. They go to Georgia. They have Tennessee at home, Florida at home. Then they go to Arkansas. The Razorbacks have been disappointing. Luke has big injury, um, you know. But you—you you really need LSU to take care of business this weekend. Against Missouri. LSU's defense right now has oh. the intimidation factor of Barney Fife. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man, major props again to Mark Stoops. What a football coach. What a job he's done. And they just they, they just totally handled Florida easily. All right, back to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Loco Ohio asks, any buzz on TJ Moore? Yeah, again, there's been contact between him and Oklahoma. I'm – skeptical that anything comes of it in the long run uh from a listener up in kansas dylan threw that ball to thompson 60 yards in the air from the 20 to the 20 on saturday and still under through him dude can fly <laughs> again like it, it i think what leaves you optimistic about having a guy like brennan thompson 
in the offense is that, A, there's evidently a lot of trust in him to roll him out there immediately following uh, his medical clearance from his ankle injury. And also, it's going to be really, really tough to overthrow that guy. So you'll take an underthrow from Dylan Gabriel when mm-hmm. it's a guy like Brennan Thompson running the route. Because, you know, the odds he overthrows him, the odds anybody overthrows somebody as fast as Brendan Thompson are not high. All right, back to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Cherokee Sooner says, Parker knows who Barney Fife is? Yes, of course I know who Barney Fife is. I think that the Andy Griffith Show touches all audiences, even to this day, in some way, shape, or form. I bet your dad grew up on that show quite a bit or knew it very well. I don't know that my dad did. Really? So how do you know Barney Fife? I I watched a lot of it growing up. There you go. There you go. Uh, (laughs) From a listener in the 405. Caleb Williams overthrows wide open receiver. No biggie. Gabriel throws one foot wide. Bench him. Never seen a quarterback more disrespectful. I talked about that on the pregame Saturday. Caleb Williams, yeah. Guess what? He overthrew a wide receiver. Uh, you know, in that game in Boulder. So, oh, come on. Uh, they've got that gauntlet coming up down the stretch, and it's going to be fantastic, USC. Sooner Steve from Tulsa says, Alex Grinch uses the self-check grocery line. <laughs> Think so? Well, he's all about speed. I Yeah, I thought those were all reserved for Sark this week. You, have you seen some of those? I still like... Sark stands up as soon as the plane lands. He's that guy. (laughs) Oh, clever, clever. EJ from Louisiana says, I'm convinced that the key freshman will make an impact in the Texas game for OU. Peyton with his first interception and PJ with a multiple sack game. Uh, Tell me if you agree with this, Steely, because this is my opinion. I have a hot take. I don't know how hot of a take it is. I need the text line's opinion to verify whether or not it can be categorized as a hot take. I think P.J. Adibawara should start against Texas. What, are you I turning think, into Ethan Downs hater now or what? No, and look. It's, or P.J. lover. It is no knock on Ethan Downs or Rondell Bothroyd or Trace Ford or any of the Sooners' capable edges. Marcus Stripling has quietly been playing really well. Look, none of those guys have been anything close to bad. So I'm not saying, oh, you know, kick one of those guys to the curb in favor of the true freshman. I'm just saying – P.J. Adibawara has been so good and so dominant and so effective, and he gives you such a unique advantage going up against that Texas offensive line that I think if you're going to keep pace with Texas, if you're going to feel confident in your ability to keep pace with Texas Saturday, one thing you're going to have to do, one thing you're going to have to establish, is consistent pressure on Quinn Ewers. And right now, there is nobody creating pressure better than P.J. Adibawara. P.J.'s been good, no doubt. Sark has a motivational poster above his bed. All right, there we go. They're coming in now. They're coming in. 405-651-3439, Knippemeyer, Chevrolet, Tax Line. All right, and I'm with you. You said this to start the show. Let's say the Sooners go down and they lose by 10 points. All right, in a pretty tight game, maybe Texas scores late or whatever to make it a 10-point game. OU fans will be disappointed, no doubt. doubt. But you should not panic because more than likely there's going to be a rematch. And, you know, 
it would be tough to beat Oklahoma twice. And unless well, the Sooners get a bunch of injuries, they're they're going to keep getting better on defense, and they're already much better. And Peyton Bowen's going to have more games under his belt. So is PJ. Um, so again, Texas is one year ahead in their with their new culture, and you know they look pretty good. I look. You never know when Texas is going to do something Texas-like, yeah. right? But so far, they look pretty good to me. And what I'm what I'm trying to get across here is celebrate accordingly and mourn accordingly, depending mm-hmm. on the yeah. outcome Saturday. Do not ta- do not spend the next six weeks taking victory laps on Texas fans. If you're an Oklahoma fan who is highly active on social media, oh, they're going to do that. Though. That's going to happen because you know odds are. You're going to see them again in December. And likewise, if Oklahoma loses on Saturday, the mentality should be, and I guarantee it will be within the locker room, all right, so be it then. We'll see them again in December, and we'll get the better of them this time. Yeah. Uh, Maybe we will finally get a holding call on Saturday, says, was that Frisco Sooner? <laughs> yeah, no, it's going to be prison yard ball on Saturday. It may no be. penalties thrown yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. You guys told us not to call penalty or to call a bunch of penalties on OU in Texas. Oh, what do we do this week? So, the text line is split on my PJ take because several have pointed out, and correctly, I might add, that he is not the greatest in run support. And that's, I mean, based on what we saw on tape Saturday night, yeah, that's that's true. There are Oklahoma edges, several of them, that are better right now in run support than PJ Adebayo. However, I think if you lose because of the run game, I, I guess what I'm getting at is make Texas beat you with the run game on Saturday because nobody has come close to gashing Oklahoma on the ground thus far this season. Yeah. So if Texas can beat you with the run or if they can put you on the ropes with the run, I think that is more forgivable, that's more understandable than if you just give Quinn Ewers all day to sit back there and throw – and he picks you apart. Yeah, the only the thing that worries me, I think it's going to be a tight football game. I haven't picked uh, a winner yet. I'm going back and forth. But the Texas has been able to run the football a little bit better than Oklahoma this year. Uh, and that usually, you know, usually decides the game. All right, 405-651-3439. Let's break right here. we got a ton of texts rolling in. We're trying to get to all of them. And we appreciate you guys out there in the Ref Army. Thank you very much. We'll get to as many as we can. We do have Jesse Crittenden coming up. We'll get his take on the Iowa State victory and the Texas matchup coming up at 135 on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Paradise City this weekend is Dallas, Texas. Dang right it is. Best week of the year. Yep, you got that right. Be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, the 1984 Oklahoma-Texas game, 15-15 tie. Those officials were horrible. Keith Stanberry had the interception. If you're an olds like me, you know that. You know that Keith Stanberry had that interception. If Dr. Bellardo had been around back then for those officials, maybe it's a different outcome and they make the right call. So be thinking about lens replacement because the new LASIK, Dr. Bellardo, if you're in your 40s or older, you're thinking about improving your eyesight, be thinking about the new LASIK. It's quite simply just lens replacement, and lens replacement provides a permanent fix to your vision needs. Unlike LASIK, which 
many times does leave patients needing reading glasses or adjusting to monovision. Lens replacement can eliminate the need for eyewear after your surgery. You don't want the old man glasses long term. Best part of the whole deal. With lens replacement, you'll never require cataract surgery. All right, lens replacement, the new LASIK. It's a major leap forward in vision correction. So if you're ready to see 2020, then check out the new LASIK available at thenewlasik.com. That, I remember that game very well. I, I got tickets last minute in the, uh, I don't know why I wasn't doing pregame that year. I think we, uh, I think we sent somebody else down anyway. Normally, no, it was the year after when I started doing pregame and postgame there. But uh, so I went down there and got tickets last minute in the uh, Texas part of the stadium. And I saw, oh boy, I saw enemy the, territory. I saw the game tying field goal landed like three rows in front of me on a very rainy, uh, basically looked like a night game there, particularly in the second half, that OU Texas game. All right, 405 651 3439. Are we conceding already? No, nobody's conceding. Nobody's conceding anything. No, 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 no. We're just saying that if that scenario happens, get ready because there's probably going to be a round two. From a listener in the 918 on the Knippel Meyer Chevrolet text line. As a Sooner fan, I am confident OU can shut down the run. Also confident they can give viewers nightmares. I also believe Texas still sucks. Boomer Sooner. You know, the numbers for Dylan Gabriel were better than Quinn Ewers last year, and they're better this year. Uh, On the season, Dylan was 26 of 39, three touchdowns, one pick, little miscommunication with Jaleel Farouk, threw for 366 yards. On the season, 75 completions uh, for Dylan, 1,593 yards, 15 TDs, two INTs, 89.4 QBR, four rushing touchdowns. Uh, Quinn Ewers... 66% 66% completion percentage, 10 touchdowns, one interception, 1,358 yards, 82.9 QBR. Quinn Ewers does have five rushing touchdowns. So uh, DG wins on completion percentage, yardage, touchdowns, and QBR. Quinn Ewers wins on less INTs, one less than uh, Dylan Gabriel's two, and he has one more rushing touchdown. But most of the numbers are in favor, again, of Dylan Gabriel in the head-to-head matchup. All right, you want to get to the text line? Sooner Smitty says, I can't wait to hear the crowd chanting SEC, SEC during the Big 12 title game. I, You know what? I'm all for it. Fred, your mark. Do you think he'll be there? <laughs> I mean, he'll be there. Will he be happy about being there if it's OU Texas again? Mm, no, I can't I'm, imagine so. Or I'm talking about this Saturday. Oh, though. this Saturday. Yeah. Shoot, I don't know. It's a great question. Like, if you're the commissioner of the Big Twelve right now, are you going to your confident, or are you going to, to your conference's biggest game of the week, or are you going somewhere else because your conference's biggest game of the week happens to be between the two teams that are leaving your conference? Did you see the dude uh, SEC Mike? SEC Mike, no. On Twitter, he, I am not familiar with SEC. He does. Mike. He does the rankings. Is that you? Are you SEC Mike? No, 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 no. No, I, you know me, I'm not super active on Twitter, except on like game days. But he ranks, I think he does a big podcast. He's got like 52,000 followers or something like that. He ranked, I think it was Texas 1, Oklahoma 2, and Georgia 3 in his weekly SEC rankings. So he's ranking OU and Texas every week, too, which is kind of cool. 
Jim in Arlington says, after spending all summer taking pot shock at OU in Texas, the Big 12 gets giddy and retweets the Red River rivalry college game day announcement Saturday night. They were roasted by OU and Texas fans oh, in the yeah. replies. I saw that. That was pretty good. Pretty good. Zach says, ladies and gentlemen, this is still the Texas program that historically craps the bed every season this decade. With that being said, OU is coming for blood this weekend. That 49 and nothing will soon be forgotten. Booma. You know, we did hear from Jaden Gibson in the postgame, and he had some stuff to say about any other uh, – we didn't get clearly any bulletin board material. No. But what, what kind of feeling did you get amongst the Sooner players in the locker room about this weekend? I mean, they all just kind of collectively acknowledged, and most everyone was asked about it after the game because, you know, you beat an Iowa State team 50-20. to 20. There's not all that much to talk about from a game that was that one-sided. So, especially with Texas on deck, you're going to get a whole lot of questions about next week's game. And most everybody said something to the effect of, yeah, look, it happened. Mm-hmm. We flushed it. We've moved on. And we're focused on coming out next week and taking care of business. Yep. You know I, who's really going to be motivated to win that game next weekend? Davis Bevel. I would, that's not the direction I was going. Okay, who? I had somebody text me Saturday night and said, Davis Bevel needs to be removed from the roster immediately. <laughs> I can't go into Texas week with any memories of what uh, happened last year. But right. No, I was going to say Brennan Thompson. Yeah, yeah. No Brennan doubt. Thompson. How fun would it be to see that guy make a big play in the Cotton Bowl? All right, your texts are still rolling in. I got the one from California. Yes, Ewers did play at Tuscaloosa's face. A little bit better competition, no doubt. But you know what? DG's numbers were still better even a year ago. So we'll see. We'll see what happens coming up this weekend. Should be a heck of a football game. Can't wait for 11 a.m. Saturday. Thanks to Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. They'll do a great job for you. Jesse Crittenden next hour. More of your texts. Keep it here in the home of Sooner fans. Ah, we're talking about one thing, OU Texas. That's it. Hopefully it'll be a lot more exciting than the uh, Ryder Cup was over the weekend, which was absolutely brutal. Although we did get a little uh, controversy with Chola Cava versus Rory, which was kind of comical. All right, hour number two presented by Oklahoma Generator. They are uh, family-owned and pride themselves on great customer service. Oklahoma's highest-rated Longest operating Generac dealer, Oklahoma's most experienced service and sales staff, currently offering new customer discounts and a free 10-year warranty with new installations at Oklahoma Generator. Check them out online at okgen.com or call 405-321-6631. That's 405-321-6631. OU Texas coverage this week presented by Boyd Street Ventures. We appreciate them. Boyd Strait Ventures, under the radar, above the crowd. All right. Uh, text line, 405-651-3439. What was your first experience with OU Texas? Whether it's for you, Parker Thune, covering the game, obviously, but your first go-around to OU Texas, did anything interesting happen? Is there a memorable story? Usually everybody has one. Do you have one? From the first time I covered OU Texas, gosh, that would have been back in 2019. That was the Jalen Hurts year. And that was, gosh, all in all, within the context of the games that surrounded it on either side, uh, 
it was a pretty anticlimactic game. Oklahoma won 31 to 24, obviously in 2017. OU had won with that late touchdown from Baker Mayfield to Mark Andrews. Uh, it was Cameron Dicker that stole the show from Kyler Murray at the end in 2018. And then 2020 and 2021, you had arguably the best games in the history of that series with Oklahoma winning in four overtimes in front of 22,000 people in 2020. And then, of course, the Caleb Williams game in 2021. So 2019 was kind of a, uh, like, again, when you consider the games that surround it in the history of that series, not a super climactic game to experience OU Texas for the first time. So I, I don't really have any strong memories of that game. Nothing that stands out. Uh, the po- uh, the spread up in the press box is always the same every year. It's Rudy's Barbecue, which is outstanding. And there's breakfast tacos, too, because it's an 11 a.m. kick. So they feed you lunch in the afternoon. They give you breakfast tacos in the morning. It's a fantastic media experience, even though the Cotton Bowl is kind of a dump. It's our dump, though. I hope they never move the game. I know they never no, moved the game. No, Jerry World, nowhere. Nowhere else but uh, the State Fair. And to me, that's what separates it from the others. I mean, you've got, you know, kind of the same environment with Florida, Georgia. You kind of got the same environment. They, you know, they kind of moved the Army-Navy game around where you've got split crowds. I get that. But none of those has a fair right next, you know, going on at the same time. None of them. But um, for me, it would be my first experience going as a kid, 1975, Sooners won that game. That was a uh, top five matchup. The Sooners were like two in the country, I believe, and Texas was like four, maybe four or five. And it was a heck of a football game. Sooners won 24 to 17. But I'm old enough that I, my first experience was Friday night. Um, my parents decided, I remember my mom, Gene, let's take him down to Commerce Street. My mom actually doesn't. She's got a much better voice than that. Okay. So we're in a Ford Thunderbird. And my brother and I are in the back seat. We got the windows rolled down, and we decided we turned into Commerce Street, and it was pure mayhem. I mean, it looked like something out of a Mad Max movie. It was, you know, Texas fans on one side, OU fans on the other. Chairs were flying. Hotel windows were breaking. Uh, it was complete uh, anarchy. And I remember hearing words I'd never heard before. My parents weren't big drinkers at all, hardly ever, but they just wanted to show us what the atmosphere was like, and <laughs> we saw. So we had the windows rolled down, and I remember I decided I was going to do the down, you know, down with the horns thing out the window. So I did that, and this redneck Texas dude comes flying over to the car, and I remember, you know, the windows open, sticks his head in the back and goes, oh, you sucks. I mean, just as loud as he could. <laughs> and he's like six inches from my face, you know, Budweiser breath everywhere. Clearly drunker than Cooter Brown. And uh, I remember being absolutely terrified, but we got out of there. So that was my first experience. But the game the next day was great. Sooners won, top five matchup. Beating Texas by a touchdown. All right, let's go. From a listener in the 405, 2019 had that moment when CD was surrounded by five Texas defenders and still scored a touchdown. Oh, that was unbelievable. As far as what happened on the field that day, everything pales in comparison to the memory of CD Lamb 
virtually being untackleable in that football game. But I, I was thinking more about the Texas State Fair, the environment, the extracurriculars, everything mm-hmm. that happened outside of yeah. the game. Nothing nothing really springs to mind about my first OU Texas experience as a reporter back in 2019. But, yeah, C.D. Lamb was a one-man show that day. That was fun to watch. I am not a guy who will experiment with State Fair food either. I just give me a corn dog and a cold beer back in the day. I don't drink anymore, but – that was good enough for me you know maybe a funnel cake but i i can't do the fair stuff i just can't do it like i saw this year they have a fruity pebble fruity pebbles fried pickle oh is it fried i guess i didn't realize it was also fried i saw the fruity pebbles pickle i thought it was just coated in like fruit roll up and oh okay maybe it wasn't fried but to me you are risking the rest of your afternoon if you eat that before the ou texas game Right? I mean, sometimes the stomach's like, yeah, this is going to be all right. But if you risk that, I'm just saying, then you might not have a good OU Texas experience. I have a confession to make. Okay. I never eat fair food the day of the game. Just because of the the fear factor? Well, no, it's it's more a logistical thing than anything else. I have to get to the state fair at 7 a.m., to avoid waiting in standstill traffic for 90 minutes to park. And by the time everything wraps up and I've got all of my journalistic responsibilities completed for the day and I'm ready to leave, it's 5, 5.30 in the afternoon at the absolute earliest. Shoot, with how late that game ran in 2020, for instance, I don't think I left until about 8 o'clock. But by the time I'm leaving... A, I'm just ready to get out of there. Mm -hmm. And B, I've got a camera bag in one hand that weighs about 40 pounds, and I got my camera with the telephoto lens, the still camera, in the other hand. I got a backpack slung around my shoulders, and I'm just trying to, like, I'm just trying to find the shortest distance between the stadium and my car to ditch all the equipment. And then once I put all the equipment in the car, I can't go back in the state fair without paying an admission fee. Yeah. So, so by that time, though, most of the traffic has kind of died down after you do post game and everything, right? So you can go back and not have to deal with a ton of traffic when you get back to the hotel and everything. By the way, is it Rebecca's birthday? It is Rebecca's birthday. Oh, happy yeah. birthday to Mrs. Thune. I did not know that. Did you tweet that? Cause I did tweet that, Okay, yes. cool. Yes, I tweeted so that everybody could send their happy birthday wishes to my wife. But, yes, it is her birthday. She's not listening right now, so I can tell you what we're doing tonight. We're going to Texas State, Brazil. She's never been. Yeah, very nice. Mm-hmm. So that'll be her uh, her birthday dinner. Nothing like a good Brazilian beef house, whatever they are. Is that what they called? Beef Brazil- ha- Bra- Brazilian steakhouse. Brazilian steakhouse. <laughs> beef house. <laughs> Brazilian beef house has probably got a whole other connotation, man. Hey, y'all want to go to the Brazilian beef house? <laughs> <laughs> folks if ever you find yourself on the doorstep of a brazilian beef house Turn, do not enter that's right do not <laughs> enter there might be a swat team there within minutes probably there are definitely some undercover people there yeah the word brazilian beef house boy that place was tawdry let me tell you something holy cow <laughs> so you're not taking her to a Brazilian beef house. <laughs> oh, I hope not. 
Good Lord. Cherokee Sooner says, Tyler McComas, put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> I'm old and stupid. I can't help myself. I've got a couple years left, and then they'll put me out to pasture. So there you go. Here's a question for you, Steely. This is a 405 listener. This will be my wife and I's first OU Texas game. Been an OU fan since I was born in 1990 with my dad carrying me through the tunnel before games on his snare drum. Hmm. He hasn't been back since the 90s as well. Anything we need to see that has changed since then? Oh, gosh. I mean, the fair is just bigger and more crazy food combinations. Uh, I I like to see the bands come marching in and the buses come marching, marching in. Because usually I used to do – our pregame was way before anybody else's back when I was doing pregame. So I could have a chance to see the buses come in and the bands come marching in. That would be what I would do. That's when I saw OU Gino screaming at that tuba player with two beers in his hand and right in that uh, tuba player's face. So, oh, Romance on the <laughs> Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. A listener in the 405 says, I met my wife at Fuddruckers. I, I remember my first ever experience at Fuddruckers. I never wanted to go because it just sounded, you know, hey, you want to go to Fuddruckers? Because I did go have a meal with Barry Twammel at Fuddruckers. Really? Yes, back in the day. That was my first experience with Fuddruckers. Oh, Long gosh. time ago in a galaxy, really far away. <laughs> Some of these texts, man. <laughs> Somebody said, my ex-girlfriend went to the beef house a little too often. That's why she's my ex. <laughs> South Texas Sooner says, literally spit my water through the windshield at the Beef House comment. (laughs) You guys are killing me. Oh, man. I don't know, Cody. Uncle's been in jail a few times. He's asking if Uncle will call from a jail Friday. Somebody also asked if Uncle has a wife and or children. Uh, No. Not to your knowledge, huh? No, unless there's one that I don't know about. The rumor was he was married a long time ago, but the wife didn't like OU football said he spent too much time watching OU football, so that led to the D-I-B-O-R-C-E. So, there you go. All right, we got a break right here. Today's coverage brought to you by the Brazilian Beef. No. (laughs) Oh, my. Uh, We're officially off the rails, and it's only 1.15 on Monday. This is OU Texas week, folks. Hey, did y'all hear Staley talk about that Brazilian beef? How much is all you can eat over there? You got any idea? Well, let's... Oh, I... What? Oh, okay. Yeah, we ain't going there. Okay. Take a break right here. Stay with us here on the ref. Hey, and welcome back. OU Texas week underway this week in the Big 12. You got the Cowboys hosting Kansas State Friday night, 6.30 on ESPN. US, UCF at Kansas, 3 o'clock on Fox. Tech at Baylor, 7 o'clock on ESPN2. TCU at Iowa State. How about Baylor's comeback, man? 36-35, they win in Orlando over UCF. Uh, Sooners obviously won 50-20. Texas uh, beat Kansas 40-14. West Virginia now 4-1, winning at TCU 24-21. Baylor again with that great comeback to beat down the Knights of UCF 36-35. Tech over Houston 49-28. BYU beat Cincinnati 35-27. Cincinnati had a ton of yardage but a lot of turnovers. So uh, very interesting. So anyway. 
All right. Our uh, OU Texas coverage this week brought to you by Boyd Street Ventures under the radar above the crowd. 11 a.m. on Saturday. Sooners are now, at least according to ESPN, it's a six-point spread. Texas as the favorite in this matchup. 405-651-3439. Kadippelmeyer Chevrolet text line back there in one minute. Baker Mayfield, what a game yesterday. The former Sooner Heisman winner. New team in Tampa so far looking pretty good, and they went in New Orleans yesterday. It was a nice win for the Buccaneers, 26-9. Baker, three touchdown passes, one pick, but again, a great victory on the road. Here is Baker talking about the win over the Saints. Yeah, I mean, just taking advantage of our one-on-ones, um, just trusting our guys. Uh, I think you saw that throughout the game, and um, yeah, and obviously unfortunate to, to lose Mike during the game, but our young guys are playing well. I think you saw that firsthand. Chris stepped up in a big way. Still need to get him a touchdown. Keep underthrew him right before the half. Uh, just a bad throw in the interception. And then um, on, on that late fade ball uh, right before we scored to DT. Um, just, just trying to get him in the end zone, but uh, everybody was playing well. Hey, uh, Baker, um, what do you attribute to the fact you know, you've had issues with, with turnovers, but you've been fantastic this year. What, what has changed for you and you play with obviously more confidence? Uh, it's a great team. Everybody's on the same page uh, and just everybody's doing their job. It, it comes down to little details when, you, when you're when you playing against a good team like that. And, and so, um, yeah, obviously we'd like to have that, that one throw back today, but it's just a, it's a physical error. That wasn't anything mental. It was just a bad throw. So, um, yeah, we, we can correct those. There you go. And uh, they have this week off, by week, and they host the uh, Lions October 15th. And uh, so far, you got, you're got a Bucks fan. you got to be very impressed with what Baker's done. He, he's starting to look like the old Baker Mayfield, making some plays, running around, and uh, this is a really good organization for him to be in. Well, and I think most everybody understood he had that in him. And when you look at the trajectory of his career – and you understand just how much staff turnover he has had to deal with and how much turnover well, – turnover isn't the right word, but as much change in general as he has had to deal with between staff turnover when he was with the Browns and between making that transition to Carolina and then to Los Angeles and now to Tampa Bay, I think what he has in Tampa Bay is – a foothold he's got stability for really the first time in his NFL career and you're starting to see the benefits of what Baker Mayfield can do and has always been capable of doing when he's got stability behind him there you go all right Kenny Chevrolet text line is fired up it always is but this is OU Texas week so it's moving even faster than it normally does 405-651-3439. What do we have? Here's an interesting question from Scary Gary. Theoretically, how many points does our offense score on our defense? Oklahoma versus Oklahoma, Steely. That's Who has the upper man. hand, offense or defense? Man, that is a really good question. Um, the fact that you have to think about yeah, it is a good sign. Yeah, um, I don't know. 28, maybe, 31. I mean, the offense is pretty good. The only problem, again, um, you know, Brent, if you're playing it as, you know, it's an actual game, a lot of pressure on Dylan Gabriel trying to shut down the run, too. I don't know. I would say 28, maybe, 31. I, I mean, Iowa State scored 20, but that's a really good question. 
What do you think? I don't know, man. I That one's so hard. Like, that one's really well, hard. Well, and it's not as if you have the same offense playing the same defense for 60 minutes. Even in theory, it would depend on what's happening on the other side of the football. Yeah. And so it's it's kind of a weird question to try and answer. But I do think the gap between offensive talent and defensive talent for Oklahoma is much smaller than it has been in a long time. Oh, big Probably time. at least a decade. Yeah. Uh, prayers for the old man. There is something wrong with his medulla oblongata. Yes, that's exactly right. That's a nice um, water boy joke. From a listener in California, you think Baker will be at the Red River rivalry since the Bucks have a bye week this weekend? Maybe Baker is the guest picker for college game day? Um, maybe. I mean, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Who else would be a good guest picker? Do you have to have a Sooner and a Longhorn? Does it matter? I'm trying to remember how they've done game day. I, Just have Brennan Thompson do it. He's a Sooner and a there Longhorn. There you go right there, yes. Well, he's – and you can't have him be the guest picker. They extend the heavenly hotline to Daryl K. Royal. There you go. Daryl Royal. Man, Sooner legend and a Longhorn legend. Local Ohio says if OU goes and beats Texas impressively with DG having a good game, does the Heisman talk start for DG? I think he puts himself in the conversation, yes. Right now. Now, is it realistic? I'm talking about like a trip to New York. Yeah, oh, right now he would go to New York. You think so? I, I very much believe that. Right now the top two quarterbacks in college football by a pretty wide margin are Caleb Williams and Michael Penix. Beyond that? I'd say Dylan Gabriel's playing as well as any anybody else in the country at the quarterback position. Caleb's in a league of his own. Michael Penix is a step behind him. From there, I mean, there's at the very least a case for Dylan Gabriel over any other quarterback in the country based on the numbers. Been pretty good. From the 918 Steely, my wife and I saw you at Campus Corner on Saturday. It was the first time we had seen you. I was impressed. You are not old. It looks like you're doing well for your age. Keep up the good work. Wow. How about that? Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's always great uh, meeting uh, listeners, you know, that we haven't met before from the Ref Army. It's always a cool deal. Ronnie Crimson says, last year I convinced myself that Davis Bevel was going to beat Texas. <laughs> by the end of this week, I might convince myself that OU wins by 30. Cody Allen says, if OU wins, I'll quit smoking cigarettes. You hear that, OU? My life is in your hands. Wow, there you go. You know, it's... Um... It's just going to be last year, you know, it's just so crazy. You never felt – I'm wondering, did you ever feel as hopeless as an Oklahoma fan in a really big matchup with what you saw last year? No, and I think, like, once we knew Dylan Gabriel yeah. wasn't going to play – And we knew it then... was good. We knew it was extremely unlikely that Oklahoma would win the game when we knew that Dylan Gabriel wasn't going to play. But I don't think – Anybody expected that horror show to be that bad? So, yeah, just win by one, says the 405. I think when you can beat Texas, you just need the dub, man. Now, if you can get the icing on the cake and get it 63-14 or 65-13, to that's great. But this year, yes, just get, get a win. 
Scary Gary says, I need some of what Ronnie Crimson is smoking. <laughs> a 405 listener, and this is kind of off topic, but relative to the uh, Heisman conversation, or relevant to the Heisman conversation. This listener says, guys, if Caleb survives the second half of his schedule, he deserves the Heisman hands down. And that is true, because here's the schedule the rest of the way for USC. They got Arizona this weekend. Mm-hmm. They'll win that game and win Then it it's handling. a gauntlet. From there, Notre Dame on the road. Back home to play 18th-ranked Utah. Probably with Cam Rising then. On the road against Cal. That should be easier. But how about this finishing kick? Number seven, Washington at home. On the road in Autzen Stadium at number eight, Oregon. And then UCLA to close it out in that Mm. rivalry series. That's a pretty daunting final six games. Oh, big time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that... um... I don't know, 74-75 Archie Griffin. Would would Caleb get some, if it's a really close call, some media members? I, I'm a voter. Would he get some media members that would want to vote for him to be a back-to-back guy, or do you think that matters at all? I mean, look, I think if you're doing your job as a voter the right way, you're you're picking the best player. Yeah. You're picking the guy right. that in your mind is the best player. And so there's a reason – Archie Griffin is the only guy in history to win back-to-back Heisman's. It's a very difficult thing to do. And there there are many reasons why it's hard to repeat as a Heisman winner. These days, it's more often than not, it's because guys win the Heisman and they're off to the NFL the next year. But Caleb Williams, without question, has a better chance than anybody since Archie Griffin to repeat as the Heisman Trophy. Sooners were on TV that one year. Joe Washington probably has a statue. He was a better back than Archie Griffin. And I will stand by that. So, all right, we got a break right here, 405-651-3439. And that is the uh, Knippel Meyer Chevrolet text line. We're coming back. More of your texts on the way and a conversation with OU insider Jesse Crittenden next right here on the home of Sooner fans on OU Texas Week. Keep it here. All right, Jesse joining us here in one second on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. We will make this, though, our ortho-central clip of the day right here moments ago at Steve Sarkeesian's press conference. Kirk Bowles, the longtime Longhorn reporter, asked the Texas coach this question. Steve, y'all in Oklahoma are kind of partners in crime leaving for the SEC. Uh, is it going to be harder to embrace the hate this week, or will you hate them as much as ever? <laughs> I don't know. We embrace it because they're supposed to hate us. I don't know. Um, you know, at the, at the end of the day, sorry, uh, at the end of the day, this is uh, it's a great rivalry, right? And I, I don't think there's a whole lot of love lost between the fan bases, between the ex-players, the ex-coaches. Um, there's a lot of crossover on both rosters of players that have played together in high school or against each other in high school. The coaching staffs have competed against each other, maybe not at these two institutions, but at different places. So um, in the end, you know, it, it is what it is. We're, we're trying to compete for a Big 12 championship, and so are they. And so it's going to take our best effort, uh, not only physically, but I think mentally to be sharp Saturday. There you go. Steve Sarkeesian uh, asked the question there, is there any less hate? The, uh, the answer probably not. Jesse Crittenden joining us on the uh, Riverwind Casino Hotline. What do you think, uh, Jesse? Is there less hate between the schools heading into this year? Have you noticed that at all? No, I think that's I think that's a good question. It's an interesting question. I mean, everything that's happened 
the last couple of years. I mean, it, that that is the thing. I mean, I think the rivalries, there's always going to be uh, – it's always going to be on the field. And, and even when the SEC move happens, it's still going to be a bitter rivalry. It has been a little interesting to see just, I mean, the fact that they are kind of partners in crime. You could put it that way. I mean, this was a business decision, you know, that the, that the two schools made in tandem, and I think for a lot of reasons, but still it, it is an interesting uh, kind of dynamic there. I don't. I think you're going to see the exact same level of animosity uh, this Saturday that that everybody has come to expect. I mean, yes, the SEC move is coming, but the reality is this is just a humongous game for both teams who are still competing in the Big 12. I mean, for this to be the first time that the two teams have been undefeated going into the game in 12 years is kind of astounding. But I mean, I think Texas and the and their fan base really thinks that. Um, and for good reason, thinks that they can go compete for a Big 12 title if everything goes right. Maybe they can get in the playoff. And I think Oklahoma fans are feeling the same way. I think both fan bases know that this game in particular is going to have a huge impact on the way the rest of the season goes. And I think if you're an OU fan, regardless of the SEC move, you probably aren't forgetting about the 49 nothing beatdown that Texas put on last year. So I think for all those reasons, I actually expect this to be one of the most chaotic crazy, you know, animus uh, atmospheres that OU Texas has had in quite some time. Jesse, I want to ask you a very straightforward, very simple, but very pertinent question as we prepare for the Red River shootout this weekend. Is this the last time we see Oklahoma and Texas face off in 2023? Oh, man, that's a good question. Uh, I, I I certainly think it may not be. Uh, I mean, you look at the rest of the Big 12, I mean, it, it's kind of a it's kind of been a crazy few weeks, and I think you know even you look at teams like uh, Kansas State or or TCU or Texas Tech. I mean, other teams that you thought you know going into the year you thought might have a, a really good shot of making the Big Twelve title game. Everything outside of OU Texas has kind of been a mess for the most part. Everybody else looks vulnerable, um, and I, I think OU in Texas so far has has been head and shoulders above everybody else. So. I mean, this game on Saturday is going to be huge for a lot of different reasons. And if we've learned anything uh, about college football, it's that you can't take anything for granted. I mean, look at 2011. These these two teams, uh, you know, went into the game undefeated, and both of their seasons kind of fell off towards the end of the year. OU lost three more games. Texas lost four more after that. So you can't really take anything for granted. Having said that, the way things look right now, uh, regardless of this result on Saturday, I, I think you still got to put these two teams as the favorite to, to meet in the Big 12 title game in December. Jesse Crittenden, our guest, OU Insider. Uh, you know, Sooner fans had a little of PTSD with what happened to the defense early in that game against Iowa State. Uh, nobody was expecting Iowa State, you know, maybe 20 for the game, maybe, but that early in the game, Sooner fans were, were certainly freaking out, but they – they got things back together. What was your big takeaway from uh, Saturday night? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, the reality is that defense for much of the first half simply wasn't good. I mean, it looked bad. And Brent Venable said that after the game. I mean, it, it just genuinely looked bad. And there were, and it, you know, those, you know, they, they ripped off two really big touchdown passes uh, in that first half that were the result of, you know, some broken coverage. I think some, some, uh, you know, bad decisions by Billy Bowman and, and uh, and Key Lawrence uh, and 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 Iowa State moved the ball pretty well outside of that. I mean, their four drives after that first pick six. I mean, they had 258 total yards across those four drives and 20 points. 
So there's there's no doubt that it looked bad. But uh, from an OU perspective, I mean, to not only take that really big punch in the mouth early for it to be 21-20, but starting with the last two possessions of the second quarter, Iowa State gained 92 total yards over the rest of the game. I think for OU to be able to take that, you know, that punch in the mouth and to look really bad early and not only bounce back, but completely shut down Iowa State. I mean, for, for over two quarters, they completely shut down that Iowa State uh, offense and the OU offense, uh, you know, uh, by extensions, you know, scored the last 29 points of the game. Yeah, it's a game that, that I mean, you, you can't completely take that away and say, well, the, 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 the defensive problems early don't matter. But I think it was it was encouraging to see the OU defense not only bounce back but completely dominate the rest of the way. And the OU offense looked pretty good for most of the game. So um, I think overall my takeaway was, you know, not to compare everything to last year, but I think last year that's a game OU possibly loses. And for them to not only bounce back but to win by 30, it's hard to complain too much about that. And I think that's a good thing for this team to go through heading into this weekend, to have some genuine adversity and be able to, to bounce back and still dominate. I think that's huge going into the Texas game. Jesse, is there a bigger question mark right now heading into this game for the Sooners than what the heck is going on at running back? No, that's that's easily the biggest question uh, going into not only the Texas game, but I think the rest of the season. I mean, the, the reality is this this running game just has not been very good through five weeks. I mean, it, I mean, again on Saturday. They averaged 3.8 yards per carry, and Iowa State is a solid defense. But um, OU, I mean, it, it was an, it was again another example, the fifth straight game of the OU running game just it just not getting anything going. I mean, they have not had a game this year where they've averaged more than 4.4 yards per carry, and so I think it's not only the the lack of explosive plays, it's not only the lack of consistency, but it's the fact that you know that the running back room as a whole, the rotation is still a big question mark. Uh, and, you know, Marcus Major's gotten the bulk of the work the last two weeks, but, I mean, he averaged 3.5 yards per carry on Saturday. Gavin Sawchuk, uh, who I think we all think probably has the highest ceiling of anybody in that running back room, still I don't think is fully healthy. I mean, he you know, seven carries for 20 yards on Saturday. Um, you know, Tawi Walker only saw four carries, and he's probably been the best running back through five weeks. And then, you know, we heard what Brent Venables had to say about Javante Barnes after the game, that he's still not fully healthy. So, again, I, I don't know if it's, if it's something that it, it's, it needs to cause a full-on panic, but the reality is the OU running game has not been very good, and I think you would have liked it to have been significantly better going into this Texas game. So, I mean, I, I think that's easily the biggest question mark going into the game and the biggest question mark going to the rest of the season. Jesse, thanks. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you uh, maybe this weekend, I'm sure. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. Jesse Crittenden, OU Insider, joining us on the uh, Riverwind Casino Hotline. And speaking of Riverwind, big show this week at the Showplace Theater. The Showplace Theater is back in a big way, just in case you didn't know. I mean, it's been back for a while. Earth, Wind, and Fire opened it up not long ago, and many, many great acts have already been there. Foreigner is the next on Friday nights at the Showplace Theater on their Greatest Hits Tour. Foreigner this Friday night, then Carly Pierce, October 14th. 
That'll be a heck of a show at the Showplace Theater. We move outdoors October 22nd for the uh, Gin Blossoms and Tonic on the uh, Coop Ale Works Beach and Bite stage. Great event, October 22nd. Should be fantastic weather. That'll be a heck of a show. Uh, Beach and Bites Fall Show. We had a Bedlam Beats and Bites uh, last year, which was spectacular. This one, October 22nd, will be great. And Rodney Carrington will uh, round out October with a show October 27th in November. Aaron Lewis. Flatland Cavalry, Justin Moore in December, Lee Bryce, January, Boys to Men and Comedian Joe Coy. And they've got some great new promotions out there. The 80K Friday Night Frights promotion, play with your wild card, show up on Friday nights for the big drawings. A ghostly good time will be a costume contest Saturday night, October 28th. In the 20K Festival of Fright, play with your wild card again. Be out there on Saturday, October 28th to win your share of $20,000 in cash and bonus play. It's always happening. It's always great at the one and only Riverwind Casino. Simply the best. Break time. One more segment to go right here on the home of Sooner fans. OU Texas Week doesn't get any better than this. Keep it here. All right, good to have you with us on this Monday edition of Steel Man and Thune here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. Once again, OU Texas coverage this week presented by Boyd Street Ventures under the radar above the crowd. Texas, according to uh, ESPN now, looking at the uh, the calendar, or not the calendar, the schedule of games this weekend. Texas, I'm seeing now as a six-point favorite. And uh, this is going to be very interesting as to, uh, you know, we're going to learn a lot about both these teams. Um, I think because what Ackman, uh, the disaster that was Oklahoma last year at 6-7, worst record in 25 years. There are more questions, again, about Oklahoma, clearly, because in Texas went to Tuscaloosa and won. You can say Jalen Milrose sucks or whatever. It's still a win in Tuscaloosa, and that's a heck of a win. Uh, for Texas, but the jury, I think the national jury is still out, Parker Thune, on this Oklahoma team to a certain extent. Undoubtedly, and that's fair. I mean, I would say for us, too, the jury is still out on Oklahoma. We know they're improved. Team. We're trying we to figure out improved. how much. We know they're good. This is the game, quite honestly, Steely, this is the game that's going to tell us whether or not Oklahoma is a college football playoff contender. Yeah, absolutely. Because if they can beat Texas, Steely, there is nobody else the rest of the way on that schedule that is going to be able to beat Oklahoma unless Oklahoma beats themselves. And so I, it feels weird to be thrown around the word playoff, even pretty, you know, even if we're not talking up Oklahoma as a contender yet, it feels weird to be talking about the CFP picture fresh off a six and seven season. But the Sooners this weekend have the opportunity to take sole possession of first place in the Big 12. They have the opportunity to equal their win total from a season ago. They have the opportunity to avenge their most embarrassing loss as a program in, gosh, a quarter century, if not longer. And moreover, they have the chance to vault into the national top 10 and cement themselves a spot in the college football playoff discussion. Yeah. Well, and by the way, Okie Tom, you're right. Uh, just checked ESPN, and now I'm seeing Texas as a six and a half point favorite. Wow, that line keeps moving. Yeah, huh? yeah it does. I bet you. I bet you it doesn't move any further though. I bet you six and a half. Well, maybe maybe it gets up to seven. Probably not much higher than seven. Greg Sankey will attend Oklahoma Texas Saturday. Pretty cool. Yes. How about that? 
We should have Greg Sankey wrestle Brett Yormark at halftime. Who would you favor, Sankey? That's a good question. Yormark looks like a pretty scrappy fellow. I feel like he'd put up a good fight. I don't know. What's the tale of the tape? Do we know? <laughs> You're about to have me Googling Brett Yormark height. <laughs> Who's been to the Brazilian? <laughs> oh, no. We're not going Brazilian yeah, beef house again. So. Brett Yormark. So I've stood next to Brett Yormark before. Yeah. He's not very large. He's but not very tall. You're saying he's in shape. He works out, runs, right? I, that I, 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 don't, I don't know. Greg Sankey is six foot two. Oh, see, SEC. Okay. You're well, not lining up that, that line is of S- That is SEC built right That there. is. Your mics can't be higher than six feet, right? He's, he's maybe 5'10", okay. maybe. Advantage Sankey. Advantage Sankey. No question about it. Um, let's see what else we have on the Knipple My Chevrolet text line. Jerky Sooner says, loser of the match has to visit the beef house. From a oh, listener man. in green country, after the way this team responded against Iowa State, I feel encouraged going into the game this Saturday. If DG plays how he played, then all bets are off. He played the best game that I've seen him, but this Saturday is where he can become a legend. This game will – it's not the final word, but it's easily going to be the biggest word on the Dylan Gabriel story. It's going to be the biggest chapter, Right. Easily. Uh, this game, and look, there, there's a really good chance this is go-round number one for Oklahoma and Texas this year, right? They've separated themselves. We'll find out if Texas has separated themselves from Oklahoma this weekend or maybe the Sooners are that team. We'll find out. But in terms of Dylan Gabriel, he's much improved. He's had an excellent year. He's been a, He was a solid quarterback last year. He's become a really good quarterback this year. Not perfect, but really good. And if he can beat down Texas, there'll be a lot of people changing their tune on DG this weekend. So it's a, uh, it's not a totally sooner uh, career-defining game, but it's pretty big. It's pretty big. Trey Dissident says, I'll take Texas minus 20. Trey is not a Dylan Gabriel guy. He's not. I mean, if I had to pick today, I'd pick Texas. I haven't decided yet. But I would be surprised if it was that much. But like I said, Texas is a year ahead of Oklahoma. And it looks like Sark is starting to build somewhat of a culture. You know? Now, Texas can unravel at any time. But And I'm not a total believer yet. But uh, Oklahoma's definitely on the right track. And I think this Texas team's pretty good. Oh, boy. Here's... (laughs) Here's a scenario from Cody Allen. They split this game and the Big 12 championship game. They both get in the playoffs, and they play each other for the natty. How about that? Three OU Texas matchups in a single year. You know who loves OU? Who loves OU? The computers. The computers do love OU. The computers love OU. ESPN's computers favor Oklahoma to win the game. They do. It's like 59% or something, isn't it? Or maybe a little bit less than that. But the computers love Oklahoma this year. They absolutely. Now, Vegas likes Texas minus six and a half. But the computers really, really uh, love Oklahoma this year. The advanced metrics people. Okay, we got to get out of here. And we've got locked in coming up next. Parker and Tyler McComas. Just getting warmed up for the week. Oklahoma, Texas, best week of the year. I mean, 
Week of the Masters is pretty good too, but I still go oh, OU Texas. No, age. Steely, OU Texas wins. No, I agree. I agree. But I mean, I love the Augusta week, but OU Texas is is number one. All right. Thanks to our great sponsors. And again, uh, this week brought to you by Boyd Street Ventures, our OU Texas coverage under the radar, above the crowd. Also want to thank the one, the only Riverwind Casino, Foreigner in concert at the Showplace Theater this Friday night on their Greatest Hits Tour. That'll be a heck of a show if you're not going down to Dallas. And then we've got some great promotions happening as well. Friday Night Fright's underway. 20K Festival of Fright is underway. Ghostly Good Time. Have a great time out at Riverwind Casino. Have a great Monday.